potential challenges. Let's talk to him about that for a moment. God, thank you for worship this morning that has called us to consider great truth, your truth. And it's called us to evaluate each of us where are we in the journey of life because of you? Now, God, we open our minds and our hearts intentionally to hear from the God who made us what only you can speak into us because you know us better than we know ourselves. I'm asking, God, that you would speak truth that would change us And I'm asking that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We love our children, and I know you do too, and we want to dismiss them to some wonderful adults who have been preparing, and they really have, to help them know Jesus well. Don't you love those little ones? I know you do. I love them too. Pastor Chuck, thank you for calling us to consider what the future is going to look like because the truth is the world that those little ones grow up in is not going to be the same world we're living in today. Would you agree? What's going to be on television in 10 years as normal is not going to be what you and I are watching. Do you remember the Andy Griffith show? Does that seem like it was 100 years ago? What's going to be on the radio as normal talk show radio is not going to be the same as what it is today. What they're going to see, the way people dress in public places and how they act in public places is not going to be the same. So who do we need to be? And what do we need to do to help them prepare for a world that only God can see? And I would love to tell you that it's going to be a much better world than it is today, but it won't be. The darkness will continue to encroach and so we need to do all we can to keep pushing it back. And that's why two weeks ago I, I started our time in God's Word by asking you a question. Do you remember what it was? You'll see it on the screen. What if every day for the rest of my life I lived the full life miracle? If you're a part of our journey, you know that we've got a couple of theme verses this year. And there are some cards out at the Welcome Center. I urge you to get them. And one of them says that Jesus himself said when he came here, God here on earth, I've come that you can have a life and have it to the fullest. So the question was, what would it look like to live that life every day? Last week, the question was, what, what, what if every day for the rest of my life I lived with my heart in tune with the heart of God? And we looked at four things. What does it look like when your truth is in tune with God's truth? Your morality and your ethics are in tune with God's morality and ethics. Your priorities are in tune with God's priorities for you. And how we view and handle our resources, time, talents, treasure, is in tune with how God would like you to handle them because that's why he gave them to you powerful verse from last summer where we were in Psalm 33 that just has a hold of me. The plans of the Lord, hey, why don't you say it with me? You see it there on the screen. The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart 
through all generations. So what are some of the purposes, do you suppose, that God has for this generation of time all around the world? Would you suppose that one of those purposes is that every living human being would have the chance to know how much God loves them and that God has made it possible for them to be set free from the darkness that is choking them and to step into a new, wonderful, rescued life with Him and that God makes it possible for you and I to live every day of this life absolutely certain where you're going to spend all of eternity. That's part of His purposes. So the question that's been stirring in me this week, what if every day for the rest of my life, I and you and we lived what I'm calling kingdom purpose critical? God's purposes, God's kingdom purposes, and critical means not that we are uh, critical of what God's doing, not at all. Critical means important. Critical means what if you and I were to see ourselves as really important in what God is trying to accomplish in our world today? What would it look like if you, if you came to understand that God wants you to live a purposeful life and that the purposes of your life are the same purposes that God has for you and for our world? What if you would begin to catch a vision, an understanding of how important you are where you live or where you work or where you play or where you study to what God wants to do there in our time? Do you know why that has such a hold of me? Because I read about and I interact with so many people who are just floating down the river of life kind of like Mark Twain and Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> so many folks who believe that their life really isn't all that important. It's really not making very much difference. In fact, I think you might be amazed how many people I interact with who would say something like, I'm not sure anybody would notice if I'm not here. If I don't show up to work tomorrow, or if I don't come out of my house for the next week, or if my kids don't show up in school, I'm not so sure anybody would notice. Do you know anybody like that? Amazingly, you and I are living at a time and in a nation where a huge number of people view themselves as very insignificant. I want to stand against that. And I want to say that God thinks you're special. And he made you that way. And he would like to accomplish significant things in our world. And he'd like to involve you in that. Do you think you could begin to believe that just a little bit? And that's why, as a church family, we're looking into the future to say, God, what would you like to do with us? God, if, if you enable us to build this new building that, that we think the future will need, God, what would you like to do with it? In your, in your worship folder today... Here's one of the things that God would like to do with it. You see an insert with a man jumping up in the air. It is announcing that we will have again, as we have every year for the last several, a conference for the men and the boys of our region to come here to this place. Friday night and Saturday morning, we call it the Catalyst Conference. The man that we're bringing 
is a very unusual man. You see a brief bio of him on the back. This man, when he was nine years old, he noticed that the fun thing to do, at least for nine-year-old boys, was to take a gas can and run a little trickle of gasoline out in the yard or on the road and then stand back and throw a match on it and watch the fire run. Well, it was cold, I understand, at one particular day, so he thought, I'll do it in my garage. And he didn't notice that the trickle went right to the gas can, so when he threw it on, kaboom! And his house was on fire, and so was he. It should have killed him. He and his family met God in that experience. And over the next years, they patched him back together again. And he'll be here with us, with his wife and his children, to tell us the story of how you rebound from disasters in life, especially if you've met Jesus. On Friday night of that weekend, rather than just having a conference for men, we're inviting the whole family, everybody to come. Bring your friends, your neighbors. Be free. Because he has a story for children about the danger of doing really stupid things. And he has a story for parents about how do you handle it when your children do really stupid things without killing them. And he has a story for teenagers, teenagers who are so self-aware. How do you feel about yourself when they're skin grafting you and you look in the mirror and you're overwhelmed by what a terrible thing you see? but you know that God is working in your life. It's going to be a powerful weekend. That's why we're looking into the future and saying our region needs Calvary to keep doing the things that invite people to come to have significant weekends like that. We're hoping to, to redo the entrance over here on this side because uh, when you live in Wisconsin, there's snow and there's ice and there's rain and sometimes a lot more than you'd like to see. And we'd like to have a covered entry so that our senior citizens, when they come, they don't have to walk a half a mile to come here in the snow and the ice. When our special needs friends with wheelchairs and walkers come, there's a covered way for them to get in there. And do you notice what's on the top? We want to have a cross on the top of this church proclaiming to the Highway 50 traffic. <laughs> this is a church that is a kingdom-minded church, the kingdom of God. We want to invite the entire county to come to know how much God loves you and that God's reaching to you through this church and others like us. My friends, you, you see, as you and I are walking the journey of life, and you've seen this picture now many times, the shoreline with the footprints, and I've been asking you to consider what is the legacy that you're leaving behind? Are you building a legacy for God's glory? And I'd like you to consider with me today that the footprints are linked. They're linked in the present with your family and your friends and all the people that you interface with. They're linked in the past with the past where you have walked. And they're linked to the future. And they're linked to God. And God would like to do some special things in the now. In you and me and through you and me that link with his purposes for our world. Would you open your heart and your mind to believe that? That God wants you to leave this place in a few min minutes understanding you are special to God. That God wants you to reject these ideas of low self-esteem and, and low self-image and I'll never amount to anything and I don't matter to anybody. Reject that in the name of Jesus. And let God speak hope and truth and power into your life. 
Now choose life, our theme verse says, so that you and your children may live, that you may learn to love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice as he speaks to you. Hold fast to him. Let the Lord be your life. And so there's some notes, an outline that I've written for you, and I ask everybody to take it out because there's something I want you to see. Would you please take it and look at it? It's there in your worship folder. You see, right at the beginning there, there's a long line. It's blank, and it's ready for you to write something there. You brought your pencil, right? Write your name on that line. Here's why. Do you see the five dashes that come before it? Those dashes are history. The history that was happening in your family, in your neighborhood, in your world when you were born. The history into which you came. You see the little star there? That's your birth. So put your birth date right next to the little star. The day that you arrived here. So the five dashes are history into which you were born. The star is your birth date when you made your appearance. The line is your name saying you're living in the now. And now I want you to repeat with me the five words that you see under the line. Are you ready? Here we go. My life is God's choice. I want you to say it again, please. My life is God's choice. Here's what it means. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, and you see it right there, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I called you to be a prophet to the nations. God made a choice at one moment in history to create you. He didn't have to. God, for some reason, wanted you to exist at this time in history. You exist by God's choice. So the next time that you begin to have these feelings of insecurity and I don't mean anything to anybody and the world would be better off if I wasn't here, reject that in the name of Jesus. You exist by God's choice. And God invites you to live life to the fullest. Amen? May I be honest? I didn't expect a huge rousing amen. Do you know why? Because my guess is at least 50% of the people in this room and watching us on the camera or listening to my voice don't believe it. At least 50% of the people don't believe that their life has very much significance at all. Don't believe that they really could make much of a difference to anybody. You, you believe that because you've been rejected so many times in your life, and I'm so sorry. Some of you have even been abandoned. Broken promises that have wounded you so deeply. Broken relationships, and you still carry the deep wounds. I understand how we came to this place, but please understand it's not God's design. God says, I chose to make you, and I love you, and nothing you will ever do or say will change my mind. Amen. Own that. Because the dark kingdom will continue to whisper in your ear all the rest of your life, it's not true. You're ugly. You're way too much. You failed too many classes in school. You sat on the bench all the time. Don't you remember? You're a nobody. Reject it in the name of Jesus. So look at the next line and say it with me, please. I am an important link in several chains. Now, I don't mean chains of bondage. I mean chains of relationships. So say it again, please, with me. I am an important link in several chains. And you see there that I've listed several of them. 
Because David wrote in Psalm 139, All the days ordained for me were written in your book, O God, before even one of them came to be. And God has designed you and me to live in relationship. You were born into a family that has a heritage. And maybe I'm so sorry if your family was a painful one. I'm so sorry if you were abandoned and, and, and you were then adopted. But, but please understand, please understand that you're an important link in the heritage, the story of your family. You may be the one who turns the corner so that those who follow you don't have to experience the pain that you did. You are an important link in the network of friends that you have all around you. If you weren't in their lives, they would be missing something significant. You, my friends, are important in the story of the neighborhood where you live. You are important in the story of the schools that you attended. You are important in the story of the places that you have worked at. You are important in the story of the churches that you've been a part of. And if you're a part of the story of this church, we're glad you're here. You're important to us. Do you believe that's true, what I've just said? Look at the next question. So what has been your contribution in each of those stories? What's been your contribution to the story of your family? The story of your friendships? The story of your neighborhood? The story of your workplace? The story of your churches? I want to invite you this week to take this piece of paper and find some quiet places to reflect and ask God to help you see that you've been an important part of many people's lives. And maybe you haven't seen it clearly, but God wants you to see that He's been working in you and through you for the good of others. You see, the next question, how does each of these links complete or complicate your life? <laughs> the, the truth is, there's probably somebody in your extended family that complicates your life. That's family. We probably complicate somebody's life too, don't we? I, I surely know I complicate. Maybe I complicate all of your lives, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's not my intention. <laughs> Please tell Pastor Chuck, and there, he, he'll write a great big volume for me of all your names. No, no, don't tell him. Come and tell me. Think about that now. Do you see what it says? How does each relationship complete or complicate your life. In other words, who would you be without those people? You see the next statement, connection versus isolation. Have you noticed a trend in the United States of America that is happening very rapidly? We are losing connection with each other. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that there's a generation that's growing up and they're sitting at the same table with each other and they would rather text each other than look at one another in the eye? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that there's a great number of factors in our culture that are causing us to move away from people, actually making choices to cut off relationships so that we can be alone? That's punishment. Solitary confinement is one of the worst punishments known to man. That is the dark kingdom's objective for you and for me. To find ourselves in an isolated, alone place, looking around, and there is nobody because we have cut off all the relationships. 
Do you see that happening? Do you see that God's plan for you and me is exactly the opposite? We're a family, brothers and sisters in Christ, caring for one another, love one another as I loved you. Do you see that, my friends? But do you see it's going to require great effort for you and for me to resist the isolation and to stay connected and grow the relationships. And it's going to require risking being hurt in the process. Because people hurt people, don't we? Would you recognize that as you and I are linked, we are a living bridge to tomorrow in each of the stories? I, too, was once 14, Pastor Chuck, and I remember that age. And I grew up a little bit, and God blessed me with a dear wife, and we have a daughter, and now she was blessed with a husband, and they have four. That's a bridge to the future. Do you see how time moves? I'm a link in my family to the generations that follow me, and so are you. I'm a link in the story of all those other things. Celebrate, my friends, that you are a link from the past to the future, a turning point that God would like to use to make sure that the future is so much better than the past because of the work that he's doing in you. Can you own that? Do you agree with that? So you're wondering, am I never going to open the Bible this morning? This is Calvary. So let's open it now. Deuteronomy chapter 29. It's the chapter that precedes the chapter of one of our theme verses this year. Those two chapters go together. Moses is making one of his very last little short speeches to the people before he dies. Who's standing before him? Well, more than a million folks, most of them young by our standards. All of those age 40 and younger, they never knew anything about Egypt. They were all born in the desert as they were wandering along in the sand as, as God was leading them, waiting for the older generation to die. Those aged 40 to 60 were those who were children in Egypt, came out and walked through that Red Sea, and there's only three people older than age 60 standing there. Remember who they are? Moses and two other guys who had been two spies who went in to see the, the land, and they were men of great faith, Joshua and Caleb. That's who he's talking to. And when you get to verse 10 of chapter 29, he says to the people, Now all of you are standing today in the presence of the Lord your God. That's what happens when we come into this room. We gather in the presence of the Lord our God. Do you agree with that? Amen? So even though this happened thousands of years ago, in a sense we can own it here. Your leaders and chief men, your elders and officials, and all the other men of Israel together with your children and your wives and the aliens living in your camps who chop your wood and carry your water, you're standing here for a purpose. In order to enter into a covenant with the Lord your God, a covenant the Lord is making with you this day and sealing with an oath. The covenant has the purpose to confirm you this day as his people and that he may be your God as he promised you. As he swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am making this covenant with its oath, not only with you who are standing here today in the presence of the Lord our God, but also with those who are not here today, the generations to come. Now we understand that that was a unique moment with a unique message to a unique people, the people who were linked biologically to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Jewish people. 
And God's design was that that people would be an example to every other living human being. This is what it looks like for a people to live in relationship with God. When God came here in the person of Jesus, he said it again. That was the story of his life. I've come here so that you can be a part of God's people. Only now it's not a biology thing. Now it's a redemption, a salvation thing, a recognition that it's your sin that separates you from God, not your biology. And that Jesus Christ, God himself, came to go all the way to the cross so that any person of any skin color, in any language, in any generation, when they recognize their need for a Savior, their own sin, could trust Jesus Christ, he would be their Savior, having paid the full price for them. They would then be united with God, reconciled to a holy God, and become a part of the people of God, the family of God. So we can own this for us through Jesus. Now look what it says next. You know how we lived in Egypt and how we passed through the countries on the way here. You saw among them their detestable images and the idols of wood and stone and silver and gold. Make sure there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord our God to go and worship the gods of those nations. Make sure there is no root among you that produces such bitter poison. But when such a person hears the words of this oath, he invokes a blessing on himself, and therefore he thinks, I will be safe even though I persist in going my own way. Do you know anybody like that? Oh, God will still keep blessing me even though I know that what I'm doing is wrong. Because he loves me. Because everything's going to be okay in the end. This will bring disaster. So the call this morning to you and to me is to do as they did, to consider the truth. Today is again a moment of decision. God inviting you and me to recognize what it means to be his people, to covenant ourselves, to be a people of God, living our lives on purpose, vital, essential, critical purpose, God's purpose. He says to us, I want you to be a people building legacy for God's glory. Do you see the infinity sign in that logo? Stretching forward as far as eternity goes, stretching back, recognizing the history that you've been born into. I snapped a couple pictures uh, yesterday of our church building saying, well, <laughs> we're building legacy. We should like to see something different, but this is the way it looks like in the winter of 2014. And then this picture of what we hope it could look like. What a difference. I tried to stand in almost exactly the same place when I took this picture. This is what it looks like right now. We have made a video, a video that calls us to recognize the opportunity that's before us and the need. I'll show it to you next week in its entirety, but I want you to see just a couple minutes of it today to understand the call of God that you and I would choose to be a people who are living life to the fullest as we live our lives purposefully in line with the purposes of God for us and our world. Watch this, please. It was my third time to Haiti. You know, the project wasn't expected to get completed, but God did it two days ahead of schedule. During our trip, our team experienced 17 miracles. And I, I can't say anything but our God 
accomplishes impossible tasks. Jeff, I stand in awe of the transformation that I've seen Jesus accomplish in you in the last few years. You grew up as a part of the Calvary family, and now you're in worship ministries, you're part of the men's ministry leadership team, and you're leading missions trips that are changing the lives of many people here at Calvary and making a huge difference in other countries like Haiti. You know, I've learned when God is involved in a project, whether it's here or overseas, don't doubt that he's going to complete it if he ordains that project to be done. Over and over again, I've sensed God telling me, don't worry, Jeff, I've got this. Thanks, Jeff. Friends, this is just one of many reasons that these flags hang in our worship center. They represent the nations where Calvary people either live permanently or have visited frequently for the purpose of bringing the hope and the help of Jesus Christ. It's a significant part of our Calvary legacy. And we've chosen this place to hang the flags because this room is used so strategically every week to draw and connect people to Jesus. That's our purpose here at Calvary Church. Of course, we worship here every weekend, but we also honor our veterans here with our annual patriotic celebration. And we host nearly 800 women here for the annual Christmas Advent dinner. And men from all around our region gather here every year for the Catalyst Men's Conference. The Calvary legacy touches thousands and thousands of people here and all around the world and we believe God has much more that he would like to do with us in the future. That's why we've titled this season of our 92-year history, Building Legacy for God's Glory. And you, my friends, each of us, are strategic in this moment of Calvary's history. We're inviting you to be part of a legacy journey that began in 1921 by men and women much like yourself. People who had a vision to see their community drawn and connected to Jesus Christ through a Christ-centered, gospel-living church. Fifty years later, in 1972, Calvary's legacy journey expanded and moved here when this facility was built. And now we're inviting you to carry our 92-year legacy journey long into the future by being part of the first major building project that we've attempted since the 1985 gym edition. Some of you have been a part of this special Calvary legacy for years, decades, even generations. I can't hear mom. I'm excited to be part of building legacy at Calvary because my children need what we're going to build. I remember as a kid walking on the foundation with my grandpa, Harold Hovestall, when Calvary built the addition in 1985. You know, Calvary has been the church home to four generations of Hovestalls, of course, I'm not alone. As I look around, I see Ingersoll's, Hansons, and others my age whose grandparents also made it possible for us to inherit this remarkable Calvary legacy. Now it's our turn to build legacy for God's glory for our kids and grandkids. I'm hoping you'll join us. Perhaps you're among many who are fairly new to Calvary. We're very glad you're part of this exciting journey. Maybe you first visited us on a Saturday evening during what we call Saturday Community. Or maybe it was one of our many Bible studies which drew you to Jesus. Or maybe a friend invited you to Forever Fit and you discovered aerobics to Christian music can really be fun. Do you know how much we love kids here at Calvary? 
We know the family isn't the same today as it was even 20 years ago. So our building project will add a major new children's ministry center, providing security, safety, and age-specific ministry areas for children from babies through grade four. Jesus loves children and calls us to do the same. Maranatha Preschool, Little Kids Church, Awana, the Family Fun Fest, Kingdom Kids Choir, Gingerbread House Night, VBS, Be Fit. At Calvary, we go beyond caring for your children. We love them. More than a hundred carefully selected adults are investing their lives in several hundred children from all over our region. If you are one of those adults God has gifted to love and minister to our kids, thank you. You are building legacy for God's glory. And someday, many of these children will grow up to be moms and dads who build their own God-honoring families. It's just one more reason your investment in our future is so important. So what if every day for the rest of our lives, each of us chose to live kingdom purpose critical? Just a couple more minutes, I want you to see the other side of your worship folder there. You see where I've got a, a line, the second column there? Put your name in that line again, just as you did the first time. You see there's a three dashes that talk about the past. There's the same little star for you to put your birth date. Only this time there's a bunch of arrows off to the right. And that means that the future is out ahead of us, and today links with the future. A couple of important statements. Today is significant to God. Please understand that. Why? Well, among other things, because Jesus said that he'd come to, that we might have life to the fullest. He said that whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me will have eternal life and not be condemned. He's crossed over from death to life. Dr. Luke tells us that he said, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God when even one sinner repents. Still got your pencil? Write the number 100,000 next to that. 100,000. That is how many people every 24 hours are making that decision today in our world. 100,000 people a day around the world, on average, are making the decision that they need a Savior. They can't help themselves, and they're trusting Jesus Christ to be their Savior. Think about that. Now put the picture in your mind that from what Dr. Luke tells us that Jesus said, when that happens, somebody stands up in heaven and announces a name. Can you imagine some years ago, whoever that was stood up and said, Tim Hansen in Walworth County just trusted Jesus and a party broke out. And then a second or two later, somebody stood up and announced a Chinese name. And then a Russian name. And maybe an Italian name. Then a while later, another person stood up, Ann Barber has just trusted Jesus. Now think about that, a hundred thousand times a day in heaven, a name is being announced and there's a great celebration. Amen? It's exciting in heaven. It really, really is. And I invite you to understand how wonderful that is for Jesus, who's made it possible for that to happen. That's important to us. I see a second thing. T today, my friends, is vital to my future and your future and our future. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. My people follow me, and I give them eternal life. 
You see, as Jesus leads his people in accomplishing his purposes, this world has changed all over the world. And that's why there's another insert in your worship folder that we've been telling you about this advanced rite of passage. It's for young dads and their sons, grade 5 to 12. We're going to get away for a weekend in two weeks. We're going to spend the weekend having a lot of fun in outdoor winter sports, and we're going to spend some time understanding what are some of the keys that God has put in place to move from boyhood to manhood. I hope you'll come. I've made another sheet that answers more questions for you out at the Welcome Center. I urge you to sign up. And if you're a young man in this church and you don't have a dad, or your dad is far away, and you'd like to go, you let me know. I'll be your dad that weekend. Because there's great things to learn. You know why it's so important? Have you noticed that we are raising up a generation of young boys who want to be boys until they're 35? Have you recognized we're raising up a generation of young boys who don't know how to treat a woman the way God says they should be treated? Have you noticed we're raising up a generation of boys who don't know how to work, don't know how to make a decision? God didn't design it this way, my friends. And unless we rescue manhood in America, we're in serious trouble. We're trying to call men to recognize how much God loves them and has called them to be men by God's design. I invite you to join me in living today, recognizing eternity is a wonderful place and will be home for those who have trusted Jesus in heaven. That's why Paul said, I'm torn between the two. I want to go. I want to stay. It'll be so much better to be with Christ. Eternity. If you and I can understand how wonderful it will be, we will live today anticipating all of eternity in God's presence. What if every day for the rest of my life, I, you, we, lived kingdom purposes and recognized how critical, essential we are to that? Calvary's role, my friends, is to draw and connect people to Jesus. That's God's call to us. We do it locally through you and me and every other person in our friendships and our relationships with the people that we know, the people we're linked with. We do it regionally in this building as we invite people to come for all kinds of things to meet Jesus. We do it globally as we send people to the nations, urging them to live there permanently to help those people know Jesus. We do it with people more than 130 last year who went for a week or two somewhere in the world to help people know there that Jesus loves them very much and to serve them. We do it in worship, we do it in service, we do it in helps. This Friday night, we're going to open the doors of this place again. Some dynamic young people are coming from the East Coast. Youth with a mission from Boston. They put together a dynamic multimedia music drama thing that tells the story of Jesus in a way you've never seen it. It's free. Come. Friday night. You'll see there's an insert there. It's called Encounter. And bring your friends and anybody you know that you're linked with who would like to see a fresh, new, exciting, dynamic, wonderful way of hearing the story of Jesus. You had enough for one morning? Have any idea the difference that you and I could make in our world? I've been thinking lately, I don't have too much time left. 10 years, 15, maybe, I don't know. It's a part of me that wishes I was 25 again. Seven billion people in the world most of them who when they look in the mirror they go 
most of them who really have no reason really to get up tomorrow morning and make a difference most of them who don't believe anybody really cares most of them who don't know that Jesus has made it possible for them to live a life to the fullest come on come on let's live our lives on purpose God's purpose for us okay Lord Jesus thank you for the opportunity again this morning to consider the difference that you are ready to make in our lives and to have the opportunity right now to invite you to do that right where you're sitting this is your time to talk with God invite him to help you see that he made you by his choice that you're special to him help him to help you ask him to help you understand that he has purposes he would like to accomplish in this world with you yield your life to him in a whole new way right where you're sitting trust him to be your king and your lord and if you've never trusted him to be your savior right now is a great time lord jesus christ how different our world would be if millions of, would, of, of us would understand that you have great purposes that you would like to accomplish in this world through your kingdom people. And so we worship you now.